Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. An entry is a place of welcome, it's a place of softness, it's a place of practicality. I felt like I was going to get beamed up. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> I also tell them straight off the bat that if they take the mickey out of it at any point, I will come down hard on them. And I have had to do that lots of times over the years. And they totally understand it and respect it. I'm very Marie Kondo at the moment. I'm throwing everything out. And I'm like, do I need a lawnmower? Probably not in a unit in inner Sydney. <laughs> We're back in the studio. You're listening to Style Rules, the official podcast of Home Beautiful magazine. I'm Sarah Berman, editor of Home Beautiful, and I'm here in the studio with Fiona Michelin, our style editor. That's her job. That's what I do, remember? (laughs) Hello, everybody. This week, we're talking all things house rules. As usual, we've got uh, house rules judge Wendy Moore joining us in the studio to talk about her hits and misses from the renovation of Tim and Matt's home, which happened this week. Yes. And speaking of Tim and Matt's home, what did you think, Fiona? Yeah, look, firstly, it was so great being able to chat to them last week. I feel a lot more invested in their home now. Like I feel like we really know them as people. So it was really great seeing their home transformed. Look, the, the rules were tricky, having that industrial and sleek. I think definitely they pulled that off. It was just such a shame about the dark floors. It's a tricky thing, dark floors. I think you either love them or you hate them, don't you think? Oh, I agree. And it also depends on the space, of course, because sometimes a dark floor can look amazing if you've got the proportions of the room right. Yeah. But there was a lot of other dark things going on. It was dark and dark and dark. Yeah. I love dark floors, but I love it when it's complemented with lots of crisp white and it's just kind of the the dark floors really ground the space. Um, But yeah, I think there were some beautiful rooms. The boys were obviously stoked. Um, The gorgeous Isabella room, which Wendy touches on later. I think, yeah, it was really, really good reno. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a really good one and they did really seem to love it. And, of course, that's what really matters yes. on house rules. And they scored quite highly some I of know. those rooms. They even gave out a 10, 10 out of 10 to Pete and Courtney this week. Yeah, I feel like kids' rooms always score higher. It's just like they pull on the heartstrings, don't they? <laughs> and that's a really, really cute one, Isabella's yeah. room. Yeah. It was adorable. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that one more a bit later when yeah. we chat to Wendy. Um, also, in this episode where Wendy has gone behind the scenes with Joanna Griggs and she's yes. giving us a little peek into Joanna's relationships with some of the teams, which is something to look forward to. And we're also going to be talking rug rules yes. with Fiona, who has a few to share. I do. So. I have many, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but now let's go to our chat with Wendy, who we caught up with a bit earlier. So I think as a room, my hit has to be Isabella's room that Pete and Courtney designed because it was just so lovely. You just kind of walked in and just fell in love with it. It had so many layers and it was just, it was very feminine but not cutesy and it wasn't, there was no kind of cliches or chintzy things in there. But it was, you know, even down to, you know, the greenery that they put on the, um, on the wall, it was just really love. There was just so much to love. And then they had the practicality. So they had these fabulous built-in wardrobes that, you know, really lovely timber, um, kind of veneer on them, but then just super practical storage, even down to the kind of open storage right down the bottom. And I always think we don't really put enough thought into storage for kids' rooms. Mm. And, Kids, you know, they can tidy up, they can do it 
if they've got a place to actually put everything and if they can reach that place. Mm. And I think that's what I love about this is they've got all this lower storage that that Isabella can get into and draws down the bottom. That means that she can have access to all of these things while, you know, while she's young and be able to get it out herself and put it away herself. And that's really the key of having a kid that kind of enjoys their their own space and makes it feel like their own. And it was just a beautiful colour scheme. It was so soft and pretty but not in a condescending way. It was really lovely. I think part of the reason why this room is so successful is because it does have a little bit of sophistication and you can see that this room is equally going to suit a teenager in the future. So, mm-hmm. for example, they've got that beautiful chandelier light fitting mm. And the the floorboards too. It looks like they've got quite dark floorboards. Offset it offsets the the, the warmer colours in the room or the more girly elements, I suppose. Yeah. And the rug, the Berber rug, which yes. is again, it's not a typical choice for a nursery, but it really works here. It does. I that and I, it's that's exactly what we kind of loved about it. Is you can really see Isabella growing up in this room. There was nothing so themed that can't be you know, a grown-up bedroom for mm. a, a tween or a teenage girl. And I, I do love that. You know, every single bedroom, particularly for kids, we can get carried away with kind of the gadgets and the themes of it. But it has to be underpinned by just a really well-designed room and I think this is what this was. Wendy, let's talk about some of the other elements of the renovation that weren't as successful. I think there was a really interesting zone that was split into that was a combined or slightly separated entry and mudroom, which two teams worked on. Yeah. Um, Yeah, look, this was a funny thing because there was a few kind of successful moments, like great storage, and I love a good pegboard. I mean, don't you love that? mm. There's something so retro about that, but it was done in a really nice way. So the storage really worked. But and, and the terrazzo flooring was really lovely as well. So there was two elements that worked really well. But for me, the real miss was the screen that um, they used and the light. You know, they had this fabulously super modern pendant light with all these kind of sharp angles, but it just did not work in this room. And, you know, you get a statement piece. You have to make sure that you have a room that deserves it. And this was a great example of a room that didn't deserve this kind of statement piece. It was, you know, an entry is, you know, a place of welcome. It's a place of softness. It's a place of practicality. And they put, I felt like I was going to get beamed up. It was just (laughs) ridiculous. Like it was just that moment where you thought, I know you fell in love with it in a showroom and I can see why you did, but it does not work in this space. And it felt squashed, like it was almost touching the edges. And, you know, it it needed to be in a fabulous kind of modern warehouse or in a a large kind of dining space or, you know, a commercial space. And it is a great light, you know, bad space. Can we just talk about terrazzo for a second? Mm, let's. <laughs> What's <laughs> happening with this material? I feel like it used to be considered quite dated and it's sort of having a bit of a comeback. It's been like it's been going strong for a good couple of years now. I did think it was almost on its way out, but it just keeps getting a resurgence and people are loving it. It's a beautiful material that has so much variety. You can get it in so many different colors, the flex in different colors. Um, it's a beautiful alternative to, I guess, that polished concrete or different kind of grey tiles. I do love it. And how do you feel about this 
really black sort of deep version of it. Oh, actually, it's not black, is it? It's more. Know, it? No, there's a soft grey. It's on yeah, the floor. Yeah, soft grey. I feel like I'm seeing it in all different colours and sometimes it's quite surprising and then you kind of go, oh, like even that sort Greens of orangish in the green, oranges, yeah. which, yeah, it was a big no-no even a few years ago and now. Love it. It's looking amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it I'm probably is a safer bet to go for a more neutral colour, like maybe it will <laughs> date quite quickly well, in a beautiful blush. But, <laughs> yeah. um, I love this grey. I think it's a gorgeous colour. I kind of think, you know, we all kind of do a house and, and do design that we think is going to be timeless and it's going to last for years. The reality is that no matter how timeless we think it is, in 10 years' time we're going to look back and say, well, that's a little bit dated. And in some ways I think maybe we should just use that to allow us to be a bit more adventurous. You know, I had a, a flat that I lived in for years that had like a pink pedestal basin and a pink bath and a pink toilet and <laughs> – it was such a sign of that time. Like it was really a bathroom of its time and I kind of think we should celebrate our time a little bit more and having a green terrazzo, even though it's really – you do have that fear that it's going to date, mm. it is going to live in its time and 10 years back you'll say, well, that's the terrazzo time. Oh, it's a bit dated. 20 <laughs> years back you go, oh, that's really cool. 30 years back it'll be the hottest thing. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, there's got to be a time in the right context where you have that bravery to do something that marks the moment that this home kind of got its life. Style Rules, the ultimate podcast from the team at Home Beautiful. Inspired by the name of our podcast, Style Rules, we've decided to try out a new segment this week. Uh, we're exploring those rules of style, which ones we're making, which ones we're breaking and which ones we're living by mm. and hoping this is going to be <laughs> pretty interesting for you guys and give you a bit of an insight into our lives and what it is that we do behind the scenes and Home Beautiful. So, Fiona, which style rule are you making, breaking or living by this week? Yeah, so this week I'm living by the rule less is more. <laughs> I'm moving house at the moment, which we all know is a glorious task. I'm moving from – One of the most stressful uh, situations oh. in – life. Seriously. And I'm downsizing, which sounds really old, but (laughs) I'm going from, I'm moving from the central coast in the big three bedroom house down to a two bedroom unit. So less is more. I'm very Marie Kondo at the moment. I'm throwing everything out and I'm like, do I need a lawnmower? Probably not in a unit in inner Sydney. So that's my rule. And folding, folding, folding. Yes, folding, folding, folding. Does it spark joy? Yes. No. And what about you, Sarah? What are you making? Sorry, what style rule are you making, breaking or living by? I'm breaking the rules. So regular readers of Home Beautiful and stylists around the country will know that one should never set up their living room around the TV, but correct. <laughs> the living room should be a space for conversation, yes. for people to come together. No, not in my house this week. <laughs> I'm on the TV, in, on the couch watching TV all week. A lot of house rules yep. so that we can record this podcast, but also because we love it and yes. it's in the pages of the magazine. Also, I know I'm not the only one in the country who's been watching Game of Thrones. Oh, my gosh. I haven't gotten into it yet. I need to. It's a phenomenon, isn't it? You won't get any spoilers from me, but, um, yes, you have to watch it. I I can't believe you haven't watched it. Uh, But, yeah, so I'm breaking the rule around how to set up your living room, but and I don't see it changing in the near future because at the end of the day I'm just collapsed on that couch and putting on Channel 7. Yeah, fair. So next, Wendy is taking us behind the scenes with Joanna Griggs and Wendy found out a little bit about how Joanna relates to the contestants in the series, both past and present. Let's find out. I am in one of the back rooms of set and um, I have to confess that Joe and I are already laughing 
I'm with the fabulous Joe Griggs because this is the third time I've tried to do this podcast. You've been host of the show for seven years now. It's very hard to keep a straight face now. You've been host of the show for seven years and I think um, one of the things that is never really out there is just how close you are to the teams. Yeah, I think there was a conscious decision when I was asked to be host. I heard a lot of people who host reality shows just turn up, do their stuff and leave and don't engage. And I can't imagine what that would be like if you were a contestant on a show like that and be investing so much of your time and so much of your life and particularly in a show where it's actually their own homes and not feel like there was someone who had your back. So the very first day I ever meet any of the teams, I say to them, Look, a couple of rules. If you don't say it, they can't use it. It's as simple as it comes. Um, how's that with that plane going over again? We've, we're going really well with this. Uh, and, and I also say to them, look, I'll be there for absolutely anything that you need. I'll hold your hand. I will do it very differently to what most you know, uh, reality show hosts will do. I will um, hold your hand throughout the course of the show. I will hold your hand throughout the show being played out and I will also be there afterwards. If you want to stay in touch, I'll stay in touch with you for the rest of your life if you want, which lots of them do. But I leave that up to them. But there's a couple of reasons why I do it. One, I'm relying on them to trust me. They, they need to trust me, I need to trust them. And we've got to reach that point in a very short space of time. Uh, I spend a lot of time staring at them and I get to know their body tics and their body language and um, you know the things that they might be saying words but their body gives, gives it away. So if I have to ask them tough questions, I want them to know it's not coming from a place of trying to humiliate them or make them feel horrible. It's, we all have a job to do, but we can do it in a nice way. So I do consciously make that something that I do um, but I think it gets the best out of them and I think it gets the best out of me and it gets the best for the show because I'm really invested in them I also tell them straight off the bat that if they take the mickey out of it at any point I will come down hard on them and I have had to do that lots of times over the years and they totally understand it and respect it and I think that's by treating them that way you do reach a point of respect really quickly mutual respect they are in such an unusual situation. Quite often I'll put teams from previous seasons in touch with each other and they all want to help each other because they know how hard it is during the course of it and then they know how hard it is to readjust after. And I don't think necessarily across the board in Australian television we're really um, addressing that, that bit. So I feel like it's my duty to do it. But I also really get a lot of enjoyment out of it and I make, I've made some fantastic friendships. I mean, I can go to any state in Australia any random part up the coast, in the east coast, the south coast, across the bottom of Australia and you know, all Tasmania and be able to catch up with people who you always have this connection forevermore. So this year um, I think we've got, I think we've got six of the nicest teams we've ever had. They're, they're all just lovely. Look, they're lovely. Um, they are incredibly stylish in their everyday lives and I think as a result of that, because they're quite aware of you know, style and fashion and, and home design, that as a result, right from the get-go, we've actually had the best designs to start off any series that we've had. But for me, I am, I am so grateful for how easy they make my job. They have been... Right from day one, I know I can go to any of them and they'll give me a really honest answer, whether it's easy for them to give it or really difficult for them to give it. But they, they have just been an absolute dream to work with. I, I, have, I have lots of favourites from seasons gone past, but I have absolutely loved this season. I, I think we, we've struck gold with the teams. Yeah, I think so too. And I think seeing them actually support each other on social media is lovely. And I don't think I've seen that in a series before. 
and I think sometimes that's really important, particularly, you know, we all know that there's highs and lows and everyone has good days and bad days and sometimes you can be tweaked where it's a little bit more dramatic for one team against the other. I love the support that the teams give each other because they give a little insight into the window away from work. They are incredibly close-knit. They are abs- they've got each other's backs and, you know, they definitely have moments where they might have a spat here or there or something or slight them for half a heartbeat. But they are they get past it really quickly, and you know they're great communicators. And to be honest, I I often will just send them a text message when I send them a little ratings breakdown and just say, I'm just so proud of, of how wonderful you are to each other. Please keep it up because it ha- that has to me a lot of heart. And and it, to me, the feedback that I've been getting from people, you know, they know that everyone will have moments, but they actually can see through that, and they can see we've got really good people on the show. I, I think so too. I think it's a very good season. So thank you for sitting down for me, with me for the third time and being just as fabulous, even more so, the third time as you were the first and the second. You know what they say, third time's always the best. <laughs> thank you. So that was Wendy Moore and Joanna Griggs catching up after the cameras stopped rolling. It was great to hear what happens when they're off camera. Okay, now one thing I've been noticing on the House Rules show, it's been a few hiccups in the rug styling department. So I thought today... Flicardi. <laughs> Flicardi. Flicardi party. <laughs> so I thought today we could kind of debunk and go over the basic rules of rug styling because there's quite a few um, that I want to share. Um, and I thought it was quite applicable to what we've been seeing on the show. And can I tell you why I need to hear these rug rules or to help in the delivery? <laughs> this is a true story. Because even though I've worked on Home Beautiful for over... 10 years, I sometimes don't take the advice that is offered in the magazine and I don't measure. And so lots of people, when they don't measure, end up with a really, really tiny rug. Yes. Well, I end up with wall-to-wall carpet ah. and rugs so large that they can only work in one room in the house. That's and so if you change funny. your mind about them later, too bad. They're stuck there. So one good tip that I've heard to start us off is I've seen people actually get some tape and tape out the space where they would like the rug to sit. And then you've got your basic measurements. And you also get a bit of a visual on how it's going to look. Genius. Yes, I thought so too. Yeah, really good. Um, Yeah, because rugs are so important. They do. They either make or break a room and they really anchor a space and they create those zones, which is so important, especially in those big open plan spaces that we've all got these days. And they can be art for your floor as well. Absolutely. And, and really texture. The biggest thing I love about a rug is the texture and the warmth it provides to the space. I'm a huge fan of rugs. I've got one in every single Do you? zone of the house. Ooh. So there are challenges when you've yes. got multiple rugs in a space. And yep. you're going to talk us through some of Yes. Yeah. So rule one is talking about the scale. So out of all the factors, the scale is the most important. So too big and you're going to overwhelm your room, too small and your furniture is going to look hilariously dwarfed. <laughs> we actually have a hilarious grab that Wendy recorded earlier on her analogy of getting the rug scale right. Let's have a listen. Jamie and Lawrence are always making fun of me because apparently I'm the rug police. <laughs> but I have very specific idea about what makes a good rug. You do not want the dining table legs coming off the back of that rug. Yes, see, <laughs> I love being with my people. We know what it means. <laughs> like a good rug can make a room and a bad rug can just rip it apart. Yeah. And I see so many times size of rug, it's it's not it's not that hard. If, if your furniture can't fit on the rug, it's too small <laughs> and it needs to kind of overlap. It needs to kind of join and, you know, a great role of a rug is to join 
different pieces of furniture together in a room to create a zone, which is exactly what you're saying mm. that they need to do. And they can work really well with that. But there's so many times that I just see a little rug <laughs> that has it's too small for the sofa to sit on and the chair to sit on. And if you do, you end up in this kind of like a, you know, a eight year old soccer game, everybody kind of <laughs> crowded around the rug in like the ball, you know, it's that kind of. And it punches of, up and moves as well. If yes. it's not anchored by and the then furniture. You trip over it and, or you get some flimsy little rug that, you know, feels more like a throw rug and you trip over it every time you walk <laughs> in. Like it, it, it is, it really annoys me. <laughs> So essentially the rule is that your sofa should be half onto the rug and at least a bit of your armchairs is the basic rule. Now, the one time you can break this rule is with a round rug in your living room. So really when you're dealing with a round rug, there are no rules. You can sit ideally a little bit under your furniture. Um, but a round rug is a really great way to break up those blocky shapes in a living room. Um, so that is definitely a great option. And what about layering? Because lots of people see that a lot now, people layering rug on top of rug. On top yeah, of rug. and there's been a, quite a few in the house rules as well. So I saw one. I'm not a fan of one rug placed directly on top of another in a slightly smaller size. It feels a bit odd and unnecessary for me. I don't know. It just doesn't yeah, quite sit right. Not that practical. Um, what I do love, though, is when lugs – lugs. <laughs> what I do love, though, is when rugs are layered and they're kind of set off-centre to feel an awkward space and it just feels a little bit more considered and you get to see the pattern and the texture in each rug as well, so it just feels a bit more purposeful. Um, can we talk a bit about what rugs are made of, the materials that they're made of and what suits different spaces best? So in particular high traffic areas like hallways, I yes. think need to have a different set of requirements to an area like a bedroom. Yeah, that's really important. So there's a few different materials to talk about. So wool um, is what we call high pile, which essentially talks about the density and the height of the fibre in the rug. Um, and this is the most common material that we see. It's really good for durability and it's super soft under your feet. Um, it's really good for stain resistance, very cosy, looks gorgeous. And so they're great for high traffic areas. The thing about wool is it can shed a little bit. So it's like you've got a second dog in your house. It sheds a lot like for the first year yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah, the Dyson It does get, get better out. over time. I've got but, both. I've yeah. got the wool covers for the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is a commitment, but they are beautiful. <laughs> it's worth it. It is worth it. Yeah. The other type that's really popular is a silk rug. So they're very luxurious and they have a kind of a lustrous light sheen to them. Um, they're very soft. So they can uh, show footprints and they're not very easy to clean. So they would be suitable for your really low traffic areas and those rooms that you don't use that often. Um, your natural materials is another one to consider. So like your jute and your seagrass, they give that amazing earthy texture that you've seen in all of those coastal homes. Um, they're free from chemicals and um, they're very durable. So they're really good for high traffic areas Can as well. I tell you a story about a jute rug, though, Please. <laughs> that everybody who's thinking about children needs to know. When little kids throw their gooey food off a high chair onto a jute rug, <laughs> it's no mean feat no. to get it out. I have a friend who had to get down there on her hands and knees with a toothpick and scratch oh it out. Oh, my God. Think about that before yes. you put it in a dining room. Okay. It's not to say don't use jute rugs, but just think about where you're going to yeah. use them. Can wasn't you... an issue for me because of the pug. <laughs> <laughs> That's it from us. Thanks for listening. Next week, the teams, the House Rules teams, are off to Queensland to renovate Shane and Carly's house, and we'll be giving you all the hits and misses from Judge House Rules Venue Moore, as usual. That's it. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell us what you think. Love to hear from you. 
Yeah, we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear what you're thinking of the podcast, what you're thinking of the house rule show. Contact us on Insta. It's at Home Beautiful or drop us an email, homebeautiful at pacificmags.com.au and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. 